You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has opened its doors for another day, so it's time for the opening with Nick Kunza from Sanam Private Wealth. I turned on my screen this morning and I thought, now let me refresh this because so-called sun's up 50%. I mean, it must be a delay or something. But no, there it is again, <laughs> 50, 60% higher. What a world. What a world, morning, Lindsay. Yeah, it, it's um, yeah, day three. I mean, we started, obviously, Monday was the first of the month. Um, started off with a solid start, reclaiming that 50,000 level on the old share. And now we seem to be sort of going further and further away. I mean, a really solid start. If I look at uh, sort of our indexes and I look at what happened in the Far East, I mean, I track um, 21 uh, markets I keep an eye on in the Far East when I come in in the mornings, and all 21 are in the green. It's been a while mm. since I saw that. So it really is quite a broad-based uh, buying. I don't know who's buying because everyone's phoning me asking, who's buying? <laughs> so I don't know who's buying this market, but it's continuing to push higher, and um, and it's solid. I mean, it's quite a broad-based rally, as you said. Very good indeed. And let's reflect on yesterday. It was a plus 3% day to the upside. For the all share index of the JSC Securities Exchange, I haven't seen three percent to the upside. I can't remember seeing it actually. You know, mm. apart from really weird bounce back days. But yesterday just seemed, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't seem irrational. It just seemed as though everyone said, "That's it. We're just going to buy. We're bullish." And I think there was some politics involved there as well, which we didn't speak about with David yesterday. With uh, essentially people saying that, uh, yeah, Minister Dlamini Zuma's. Um, draconian measures are just complete poppycock and mm. they're out there they're out the way they've got another 14 days i think what did you make of that yeah look it has been muted for a while i mean there's been a, a number of um sort of uh, private enterprises that have been threatening to sue uh, that these measures of you know certainly i mean we, we kind of knew that Lindsay. i mean you know the mm. idea of having a curfew I mean, even the most basic understanding of law tells you that unless it's a state of emergency, which it wasn't a state of emergency, and it hasn't been in South Africa, you, you weren't allowed to sort of keep, uh, you know, uh, citizens locked up in a curfew, like you're seeing, in, for example, in New York at the moment. Um, so, I mean, yes. we knew that it was just a matter of time before it was contested. But I think now that we saw it sort of in black and white and on the headlines in the morning papers, um, I think there's a little bit of a feeling, too, that uh, the quicker we start getting back to business, the better. Um, and I think you're right. I think maybe there's a little bit of that yesterday as well. People saying, well, we are going to start getting back maybe a little bit quicker than we thought. Yes, I think the judge in Pretoria put it quite nicely in, in, in his summing up. I didn't read the whole thing, but a, a precede version of it. And it just called it irrational. Some of the measures mm. were irrational. And um, what I didn't like was that uh, people were saying, well, um, that was, that's because you're racist, misogynist and sexist against uh, Dlamini Zuma. And I just think to yourself, for goodness sake, grow up. You just push that aside now. That's, that's a lot of nonsense. He's looking at the measures. He's an experienced legal professional. Just take it for what it is, which is what everyone's been saying. So I, I got a little bit annoyed, but at the same time, I was very pleased for South Africans. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And and uh, look, we haven't heard any. There's been little little news flow out of the, the Glamini camp this morning, but I think it's only a matter of time before they have to. Uh, certainly, things like tobacco. We know the the big tobacco business, uh, British American Tobacco, which is obviously a major player here in in South Africa and in Africa, uh, are contesting the the views as well. So I think this is certainly going to go in the right way to open things up uh, quicker rather than later. But um, yeah, let's let's see what it does. I mean, uh, just for a case in point, though. British American Tobacco this morning, actually down half percent. So not buying the story just yet.
No, I think it's got a few bigger businesses than the South African business. But uh, anyway, ooh, look at the rand. Seventeen oh six. The rand. It's gonna. It's gonna change its big figure from seventeen to sixteen in the next couple of hours, by the looks of it. it- it is. And, and I, I made a comment yesterday to a few clients. It's not, you know, we tend to have our blinkers on here in South Africa. And, you know, we obviously, the RAND is one of those subjects that everyone has got a view on the RAND in South Africa. Mm. Um, but um, it, it's not just a RAND play. It's very much this weakening dollar we're seeing playing out in the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> in fact, if you look at the dollar index or the Dixie, as they call it, I mean, that's moved almost 3% over the last month. Um, other emerging market currencies, commodity currencies, I mean, even the Aussie dollar coming out this morning. There was some quite uh, there was a negative GDP number out of Australia this morning, but uh, Aussie dollar hitting a level last seen in January uh, on its strengthening against against the US dollar. So yes. it's very much that uh, weakening dollar theme, and of course South Africa being uh, quite a, a big play when it comes to emerging markets. The currency is so liquid; a lot of people use it as a proxy. Uh, that's been a beneficiary. So, yeah, I think I think by the time we speak this afternoon, probably under 17, I think. Yes, I really, really hope so. And it, uh, it was overdone on the downside at 1934, I think, was the, the lowest print, uh, end of March. And now let's get back to 16, 1650 and stabilise. I think that's all we need is stabilisation rather than this extraordinary volatility. British pound against the rand is 2146. I'd like to see that below 20 at some stage in the next three months. The euro rand, 1913. I want to see that back at 18 to 1850. And the euro dollar, this is the one. This is the one that we've been flagging for a while, and you in particular, saying this is on your watch list. One twelve fifteen now was one oh eight two months ago, and one oh eight to one twelve for one of the biggest financial markets in volume, in volume and importance. Uh, that is a massive, massive move. Another point four percent down for the U.S. dollar. The dollar is being subjected to selling because of the excess liquidity, obviously, in the markets, and that had to happen, uh, but also because of a complete lack of confidence in the leaders of the United States of America, whether it be a mayor, whether it be a governor, or whether it be uh, the orange one at the top. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the dollars, it's almost that perfect storm at the moment. Um, you know, you're getting this real sort of risk on in markets, which which tends to, on the flip side, you know, when people get a bit nervous, they normally go into U.S. bonds or they go into the dollars, that final sort of flight to quality, as traders call it. And, of course, we're seeing this massive sort of risk on sentiment with, with equities and, and, and asset classes in general. So on the back of that, you're getting, as you said, a weaker dollar. But also, I think, compounded by the images we're seeing on our TV screens, um, the lack of direction of the American administration, um, also, uh, and the fact that, uh, I think also the fact that places like the Far East are, are certainly almost open for business now. And it seems to be recovering quicker than the Eurozone and America is at the moment. So I think all those things, you throw those into the pot, Lindsay, you can understand now why you're getting in the strengthening um, um, across currencies against the dollar. And we haven't even spoken about, uh, you know, the extraordinary stimulus measures that the Americans have put in, into place as well. You know, three, three trillion that number of uh, of sort of uh, acid cloud, of of quantitative easing that's happening as well. So all those into the pot into the mix, Lindsay. I think that's why you're getting this this weaker dollar. Excellent. Okay. Last night in the United States, what happened? Dow Jones, S and P, is Nasdaq, please. Okay. So last night, let's bring up my screens here. Um, Okay, so last night was another update in the U.S., uh, despite all the things we're seeing on our screens. Uh, in fact, uh, some of those stocks in America climbing to their highest level in three months. Mm. Uh, S&P 500 up 0.8%. 
That's the third straight daily gain since since Friday. So it must be only uh, down four to four and a half percent for the for the for the year now, <coughs> or from its peak rather. Well, well, yeah. So the U.S. benchmark, correct, is actually ten percent off its all-time high that was struck in February. Okay. Uh, and the Nasdaq is probably going to clip that today because that was down one point one percent from its record high as of last night. So I imagine, given where the futures are, uh, you know, it's only half percent away now. Uh, and then the Dow Jones also. Um, up 1.1% to close at 25,742. Very good. So really solid. I mean, the S&P now, you just spoke about it, I mean, it's uh, 38% of its lows in March. Um, quite an extraordinary bounce back. And I've heard everyone telling me that this is how, you know, bear markets happen and this is this is according to the play. No, this is beyond but that now, I think. I also think that. I think, you know, 15, 20%, you call a dead cat bounce, of the massive 30% drop that we had, I think you'd expect it. But, I mean, almost a 40% rally in the space of a, of a month and a bit. Um, I think this is more than that, as you said. This is not just yeah. a – this is not the bear market playbook. We I did think. say it was a dead cat bounce, and this is how bear markets behave, and we bo- both got it wrong. But as you always say, mm-hmm. just trade what you see on the screen. And if this mm-hmm. is a dead cat bounce, then this is a very rubbery <laughs> dead cat, a very <laughs> bouncy little moggy that one is. bouncy cat we've got, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this morning in the Far East, Tokyo is – uh, 1.3% higher. Shanghai is barely changed. Hang Seng is up 1.5%. The Australian All Share Index at 1 and 3 quarters percent. Let's have a look now, if we can, at uh, commodities. You sent me a nice note yesterday about why uh, we should be looking at commodities. It was an excellent piece. And it said that relative to uh, stocks, commodities are at their lowest level since the late mm. 1980s. If that's a good reason to buy them, I don't know. But it certainly was a compelling argument from a clear commodity bull. Yeah, it was. It was. <clears throat> I always like to to sort of get everyone's opinion and sort of make my own view eventually. And um, it, it's an argument that I haven't heard for a while because we tend to to sort of get a little bit lost in, in the screens in front of us and the noise. And you're seeing what you know. We speak about platinum price and palladium over two thousand and all that sort of stuff. But when you actually sort of do the homework and look back, commodities have lagged this entire bound substantially. Mm. Um, and I think that's why I'm also leaning a little bit more to these commodity currencies now, like the RAND and the Aussie dollar and the Russian ruble as well, looking for a bounce. Because I think if this dollar weakens, that's going to add sort of sort of extra impetus to to get into commodities. So I think we might be seeing, which I think is good for South Africa, you know, as, as a commodity cur- uh, country and a currency. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see a little bit of a, maybe this, this following through, although it must be said, as much as we've had bounces in Anglos and BHP Billitons and African Rainbow, Xara's up like 30% on the month. Um, the moves we've been seen in the sort of smaller to mid caps also is, is are watering as well so big demand coming into the end space gold price is 17.21 which is unusual given the fact that the dollar is 0.4 percent weaker i would have put gold at 17.50 17.60 this morning but no and maybe people are allocating their money just to equities because that's where the action is right now the platinum price is down 12 to 8.36 also unusual palladium what's that doing well, palladium is bucking the trend, which is usual for palladium. That is up half a percent, uh, $10 up, uh, $1,960 an ounce. Okay, and the oil price, let me just put up oilprice.com, scroll down. That's probably doing well, given that oil price and everything else. Yeah, there we go. 2.1% up for West Texas at $37.66. Uh, Brent crude is above $40 a barrel, $40.18 mm, or 1.5%. Yeah, OPEC is... 
OPEC is deciding to cut to slash production even more, but they just can't decide when they're going to have their meeting. It's, there's n- there's never a dull moment with those OPEC chaps. No, there's not. And uh, I mean, I'm missing out because it's all been held on what well, it was all held on Zoom recently. So you missed oh, yeah. all the fun and games. But I mean, <coughs> their, their headquarters are in um, Geneva. Are in uh, Geneva, correct? And uh, you always, I always miss the fun and games now because you used, you used to always have one member of OPEC would leave early. So you'd have them like storming out their, their lovely building in Geneva and you get the reporters on the, on the steps because they always have a, you know, four or five day meeting, but inevitably two days in either Russia leaves or Nigeria leaves or Argentina storms off or Argentina, sorry, Venezuela storms off. So we're not seeing that now, but uh, a big number on, on that oil price. I mean, $40. I mean, not so long ago, Lindsay, we were talking about a negative oil price. I mean, it's been a huge bounce back in this con- in particular contract. Brent crude oil was $15 a barrel, $15, $16 a mm. barrel at one point. And uh, lest we forget, West Texas was, uh, I think it got to something like $10.15, $10.20. Look, look mm. what's going on there. It is manipulation. It was too far to the downside. Uh, maybe now it's finding an equilibrium level. But anyway... Uh, Stock Exchange News Service briefly, if we can. Nick, anything come out this morning? Anything that uh, caught your eye in the morning meeting? Absolutely nothing. nothing. I mean, the only things we were speaking about this morning's meetings were the R-Watery moves yesterday, and uh, one of my other brokers was trying to get a hold of a, of a foreign um, – uh, sort of what is it, like the foreign volumes you can get but unfortunately the JSC we just found it only published it on a weekly basis so mm. next week we're going to have a look back and see if the foreigners are buying Essex it certainly felt like uh, some unusual moves in the mid-cap space as we spoke about last night and um, I mean that was dominating conversations this morning and again no one quite figuring out why I think someone said the brutal honesty no one knows why we had 40, 50 you know, percent moves in some stocks yesterday very unusual Okay, good. I'm looking at some of the announcements. We've got Wilson Bailey Holmes of Con coming out with a trading statement, I think it is. That's always been a very well-respected stock when it comes to the construction sector, even though the construction sector has been out of favour for so long and will be for a while, I think. Trading statement. Um, what else have we got? No, nothing else. That's it. Okay, Nick, give us the um, JSC indices after an hour and two minutes of trading, please. Okay, after an hour and two minutes of trading, we have the oil share up for the third day in a row now, up 1.03%. Big number on that too now. Just broke through 53,000, 53,035. Look at that. Uh, JSC top 40, up 0.84%, 400 points higher, 48,722. Uh, and majority of the indexes are up, led by industrials up 3.3%, the financial index up 3%, uh, consumer cyclicals up 2.2%, energy shares led by the likes of Sassel, that uh, index up 0.8%, and only two on the lag is that utilities are down 1%, and basic materials are just down a quarter percent. Excellent. Nick, thanks very much for your time this morning. That was the opening with Nick Kunza from Sandland Private Wealth. I'll be with Skulk Low this evening for the 5 o'clock shadow. Nick and I will be back with David Shapiro tomorrow evening, uh, Thursday, for that 5 o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.